This is the Organizational Health Advantage Podcast with Keith Hadley and James Felton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion, and unwanted turnover. Welcome to the Org Health Advantage. Hello, and welcome back to the Org Health Advantage podcast, where it's our job to dissect world-class leadership across different industries and settings. Today, I'm interviewing my co-host, Keith Hadley. We've worked together with multiple clients in our time with the Table Group. I've always enjoyed working with them and having great conversations about leadership and life in general. Before the Table Group, Keith worked for about 10 years at Career Builder, where he was their VP of Sales and Development. Prior to that, he led the training and development department at Moody Bible Institute for seven years, which followed his time of about five years as a management consultant at RSM McGladry. All that aside, he's one of my favorite people in the world. He's extremely talented at helping leaders evolve their skills and their company strategy, and I just enjoy any time I get to spend with them, whether it's in a client session or taking a walk or having a drink. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Keith. Keith, welcome and thanks for joining. Thank you, James. It is uh, great to be back on this podcast. Yeah, it's good to have you. So uh, Keith, you know, again, we've we've worked with a lot of clients together this past year. Um, some, you know, clients that we had before COVID hit and some new clients. And then I know you you had a good book of clients on your own that you worked with as well. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be really good. What would what would you say is like your your top like kind of takeaway from 2020 and and top learning if you had one, not that we need to go in order, but just to get it started. What would you say was that like yeah. big one? Yeah. Um so the the first one that comes to mind um is early in 2020, I remember I was on a flight. It was the last flight I took as as the whole country was shutting down. And when I uh, when I got onto the flight, um, I had tickets to go to a Bulls game with my brother who was coming into town. And I remember thinking like, this is probably not, not a good idea. By the time I landed, the NBA had announced they had they were closing down. And I remember on that flight, I just I I started thinking and writing uh, a, a short article. And um, there was three things that, that we were focused on at the time. And that was like, as we step into a crisis, leaders that do three things are going are gonna to do well. And as I reflected on the year, those things just proved so true. And the, the three things are simple. It's like, number one, rally the team. Everybody's uncertain. We got to rally the team. And I think our clients that have had strong, uh, very proactive rally cries, like got to organize faster. Second is just be super aggressive with your meeting cadence. I think we saw a lot of our clients really double down on how often they met and how long they met and just kind of shedding their fear about meeting more often. And then the third was leaders that really amped up their over-communication, um, you know, just consistent messaging. Um, as, as you and I worked with different leaders, like the ones that were doing that seemed to be doing better. The ones that, ones that weren't doing that, it was really easy for us to coach them on 
the need for those three yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, those are really good. Um, and and I would say my my top learning that I think really go like kind of follows suit with that is that the clients that had done this work, like around aligning their team and behaviors, um, around the clarity and the principles that they were going to run their company with. I think the clients that did that work early on or even decided to take it on during the during COVID felt so glad that they had done that work. Like, yeah. You know, and and I think there are like countless uh, leaders that we work with that just look back and said, like, we are so glad we did this before COVID. Right. Because if we had to address team dynamics or lack of lack of higher level strategy to run the company with, if we had to address that during this, or if we hadn't ever done it, boy, we'd be in a very different place. Right. Yeah. If if during COVID we could leverage the trust we had built, yeah, as opposed to trying to figure out how do we build trust during this crisis, uh, that that was a real stark difference. Yeah. Um, kind of on the heels of that, I mean, Pat Lencioni did the one podcast about plant your freaking tree. Yeah. And I think that is kind of along those lines of like, when's the best time to have done this work before COVID? When's the next best time? Right away during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. What what was next for you? Um, the, the next one, you know, this is something I noticed uh, kind of coming out of the years I was reflecting on it is I had a lot more conversations with leaders this year that were struggling with cascading their, their work to the next level. Um, it, to me, that's always been a part of this work that has seemed self-evident that if we can help the senior team become cohesive and aligned that you would naturally begin to cascade that out to the next level team in the next or to the next group of leaders or key influencers or in smaller companies to everybody. And boy, a lot of our clients really struggled with the confidence or the courage to do it, or we would kind of be in debates with them about the need to do it, or we'd be surprised that they hadn't done it. I really think it's this virtual environment where, um, you know, uh, leaders are afraid of like now everybody watching a town hall on Zoom, right? Or delivering a state of the company kind of address over Zoom or and video, and uh, and the the idea that people won't be engaged in it and people will be multitasking and and so I I agree with you. I think the cascade has always been a challenge, and it and this setting has made it worse. In fact, I was just on a call with a, a leader yesterday of, uh, of a company that we've worked with a lot. And, and he said, like, I just don't know how to do it. Like, I love doing it in front of people. But now over over video, I'm not so sure people will listen. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah. like, so my advice was shorten the message. Keep it bullet point. Don't dive into too many of the weeds. Uh, and, and, you know, be engaging and have some messaging behind the video, the camera, so you can stay on topic. Uh, but don't feel like you have to, uh, you know, be this master at, at engagement over Zoom. Just give them the message and and be done yeah. with it. But then ask your team to over communicate that same message when they're talking to their the teams that they lead. Yeah. Yeah. I one of my one of the colleagues that I work with a lot is Bill Weingartner, and he and I worked with a client where 
they they wanted to be proactive in getting the like the five dysfunctions work for example out to the next level leaders and there was about 45 yeah. people in that list and we just kind of confidently said oh let's just use breakouts in zoom no problem like how hard could it be and the answer was like yeah. it was actually a lot harder than we thought at first <laughs> just to get like just just to manage zoom and get people into the breakouts and figure out the list so we you know but we and we we trained the exec team on how to like lead those discussions in the breakouts so th the reality was like yeah it was tricky but it was doable and then even with that experience i've had two other client experiences where you know even explaining like here's how it's possible here's how we could do it they're just really dragging their feet on like ah uh, I, I just don't know i don't know if this is a good time but you know yeah, so it, I think there's yeah there's just a real hesitation uh, to do this virtually, but it just needs to be done in this setting. Yeah, yeah, and I think giving yourself some grace that the first one won't be great. Yeah, um, you know you won't be perfect at it, and people won't be used to it. But if you if you do it, you'll get better at it over time. And it's so funny because your first point led into my first point, and now <laughs> this point you're making around cascading this work virtually is going to lead into my next point, which is, hey, these offsites that we do with clients that we've always done in person that we kind of poo-pooed ever being able to do virtually, we can do it virtually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, working with the leaders, building cohesion on their team, um, creating clarity about how they want to run their organization, what's important to them. Um, you know, we can do all this work virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Is it as good as in person? No, but it's pretty darn close. And yeah. we've, you know, we've both had some really meaningful conversations with leaders virtually. Um, and, and we've both seen and been a part of and, and led and, and encouraged the leader to lead some accountability conversations yeah. and really call out behaviors, even virtually. And it's worked re really, really well. Right. right. And, uh, and, you know, so I think, I think that's a big takeaway for us in, in this work and for, for companies, you know, kind of choosing whether or not to do this work virtually. It's like, you can do it. It'll, you'll still get a lot out of it. And it's still really worth the investment of time and, and resources um, to do it. You'd be way better off doing it virtually than not doing it. Exactly. I mean, at the, at the heart of this work of becoming a healthy organization, the heart of the work is having really important conversations about the things that matter most, whether it's strategy or culture or team dynamics or individual behavior. And um, you just can't wait. Right. Yeah. I think early on we thought, oh, we'll just wait a couple of months, then we'll do it in person. Let's just delay. And then it was, you know, what? let's just, let's do a two hour instead of a two day. Um, but the reality is like, these are, these are conversations that still need to happen. Um, I, I was, I was reflecting on this, this new vocabulary term that we all have zoom fatigue. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, it is part myth and it is part reality. The, the, the part reality is it is really hard to get locked in, in front of a computer, standing in place, staring at your computer versus just what it feels like organically to be in a meeting room where you can stand up and walk around. Yeah. Um, that part is absolutely true. Um, the fatigue on one's eyes is true. The you know how easy it is to get distracted by other things popping on the screen. 
But the part that's myth is we've had so many clients that have said, hey, we don't want to do an eight hour day. Let's let's right. let's break it up into 90 minute chunks. We're like, okay, that's fine. But that totally makes sense. 90 minute yeah. chunks, maybe with a half an hour break. Yeah. And then every time you get into that 90 minutes, the topic on the table is something incredibly high stakes to the company. It's about a product launch or it's about a customer you know, situation or it's about a reorg that they're doing on the team. And everybody forgets they're on Zoom. They are just trying to solve the problem. And the time is flying by. We're telling them like, hey, we'll take a break when the, when, you know, at a natural point. And it's amazing. Like we've done full eight hour days and we've gone longer than 90 minutes and people aren't tired. And they'll say, hey, let's just take a quick five minute bio break and come right back. Like, okay, let's do that. You know, and you're driving this. Uh, so yeah, like we have not needed those long breaks as much as we thought we would. Now, if it was a presentation, you'd have to, but not for conversation. Right. Well, I, I love like just the last offsite that you and I did, it was two days. And, and the leaders, you know, in our prep calls said like, hey, we're really worried about this Zoom fatigue and we want short blocks of time engaging with each other and then longer breaks. Okay, good. We got that. Like, let's make it two and a half days. And then um, we get into the session. We start it with this like, hey, just so you know, we're going to short times of uh, conversation and then longer breaks. And then like the first session, the first part of the first day, we go like two and a half hours. And then it's like, okay, we said we'd give you long breaks. How much do you need? And they're like, 10 minutes. Like, Wait, I said long breaks. I'm like, no, we're good. Like, let's just keep going. They they thought the long break was gonna be a drag on the discussion and the session, not the zoom fatigue. And, and uh, they got so much done. Oh my gosh, they got so much done in that offsite. So much done, and we didn't need the the half day at the end. We we did it all in two days, and uh, and it was great. So you know that concern that people have, it, yeah, get it. And I think it's almost around the multitasking as opposed to needing the breaks. You know, yeah. Um, so that's so good, so good. Okay, what else do you have as like a, a key learning from the year? Yeah, I, another one, I'll just kind of switch it like a personal, or not, not personal, an individual um, one, not a team one. Yeah, um, right. we, we spent a lot more time over in 2020 uh, in, in one-on-one conversations with leaders. Um, I think we just really ramped up Absolutely. that touch point with, with the leaders. Uh, it, uh, CEOs want it, they need it. Being a CEO is a lonely job, especially when you're working from home. And I would say the number one thing that I have spent time talking with CEOs about is performance management, holding their teams accountable. Like that is still the number one struggle for senior leaders is, you know, just the, man, the basics of like setting a clear expectation and giving somebody feedback. Hey, here's what I need. Here's what I'm getting from you. Here's the gap. Can we talk about that? you know, the, probably the number one article I've shared over the year has been an article that relates to, you know, having hard one-on-one conversations with direct reports. Um, I've had numerous leaders reach out to me proactively saying, hey, do you have a few minutes? I need to talk through a situation. And I always know what that means. So, you know, I think that's universally there. 
but it's it's just it it is still a struggle for leaders. It's something that you know I don't think we necessarily get better at over time. You know, I just had a conversation with a leader that we've worked with a bunch. Um, I just had this conversation yesterday, and this topic came up. Yeah, and uh, and I reminded him because so much of this is hey, we know we just need to be reminded of these things, um, and I reminded him of that model that that we share a lot, which is FOSA, mm, and, yep. uh, F F O S A, and uh, and it stands for facts, objectives, support, and action, and that you know just to break it down real quickly, the facts would be hey, here's what's going on. And here's what you, you know, the person who reports to me is doing. Uh, and we need to change this. And here's the objective. I'd like you to start doing this. Yep. You know, so we go from, you know, what's the current situation to the desired situation. So facts, objectives, and then it gets to support. So I'm having this conversation with my direct report and I say, okay, how can I support you in making this change? Yeah, you maybe brainstorm a little bit. It doesn't mean the leader has to accept whatever idea the direct report comes up with. Um, but then you get this, okay, current state, here's where I'd like you to be. Here's how me, the leader, is going to support you. And then here's the action. If you don't make the changes, here's the action I'm going to take in response to you not changing. Yeah. And it's really important, I think, to have that accountability built in for two reasons. One, the the direct report knows this is serious. Like, we're actually going to follow up on this. And two, it now I've got some accountability on my own because I made it public to him or her that this is the action I'm going to take. I, you know, I lose credibility if I don't, if I don't follow up on that action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, the, one of the themes for me this year was just, you know, that that um, because of COVID, sometimes it it gave people a longer ramp for their for their dysfunction to be um, addressed. It was like, well, we have so much going on, we can't deal with this now. And um, so, when you know, my probably my biggest encouragement to leaders this year is just like, you know, just just dive into those conversations. If you're frustrated, if you're not getting what you need from a leader, um, you know, you just need to, you, you need to be able to be proactive about having that conversation, just enter the danger. Um, and as you enter the danger, ask permission to do it. Say, Hey, can we have a, a conversation? It might be a hard conversation about, um, about, you know, what's going on in your area. Um, and yeah. you know, be vulnerable and just like, I, you need to know, I'm really not very good at this type of thing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another big, you know, just be vulnerable about it. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, I, I always say, don't let somebody's first reaction to that news be their, be your final assessment of them. Like, Hey, here's conversation. Number one, take a couple of days, think about it. Let's get back together again. And yeah. something that Pat always talks about that I like, Pat Lancioni, is just that, you know, like if they're struggling in their work, they know it and they're probably not happy. And so if we're really trying to help people find joy in work, um, we need to have that courage just to step into it and see if there's any way we can help get that person into the right role, give them the right support, or in the worst case scenario, help them move into something else that would be better suited to what they do. Right, right. That's really good. 
You know, the the other thing that 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 I learned and I saw we saw it with a lot of our clients was virtual work. And yeah, you know, some of our clients went all virtual, you know. And again, we probably thought that this wasn't um this wasn't a good idea or it wasn't possible. Um, and what I learned is it was possible, but that people really wanted to be with each other, even introverts, right. like <laughs> just needed to be in person with each other. And, uh, and we had a client who actually went hybrid. My daughter's school went hybrid for a long time and, and they loved it. And our client, I think really enjoyed, you know, I, Hey, we're in the office some of these days, you know, two days. Three days this week, we're going to be virtual. And then three days the next week, we're going to be in person. And three, two days next week, we're going to be virtual. And, you know, give them time to clean if they if they needed to and, and all of that. But that really worked out well for people, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, I remember a story of our, we have a client in California. And now they, because it's California, they have nicer weather. Uh, <laughs> yes. But they, they realized like, hey, why don't we, why don't we just meet up in a park? Like, let's have a meeting in a park where we can be yeah. outside social distance, but just let's get back together and be in person with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we, yeah, we crave those, those real live experiences. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a client yesterday that they're going to just try doing the kind of the office hours format. So they're still virtual because they have to be, but she's just going to start turning her screen on and announcing open hours oh. and her team there. She's encouraging her team to let's just get together and work together. Yeah. You know, cameras on. Oh wow! And just chit chat as we're working. You know, and just try to mimic some of that in person experience again. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, the 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 mental aspect of that, you know, that brings me to an, another learning. And and I gotta admit, I kind of fell victim to this. But early on in COVID, I read uh, something that you just shared with me as well. So you read it at some point which was the article about um, the Stockdale, was it St- Stockdale syndrome? Yeah. Stockdale. And what that was, was looking at POWs in Vietnam. Right, right. And and looking at, boy, who, who made it out of there okay in that situation and who really struggled. Yeah. And that article was, you know, it was the, the optimists really struggled. Right. And it wasn't that they it wasn't that they believed they would get out. It was that they actually put dates on it, you right. know, or events. It was, you know, hey, by Christmas, I think we'll be out of here and and you know, things will get back to normal. And Christmas would come and go and they were still captive. You right. know, and then they would say, Well, Easter, by Easter we'll be out of here and we'll be all good. And then Easter would come and go and they'd still be captive. And it was yeah. it was that that started to be soul crushing and and mentally challenging for those people. And there is a difference between faith that everything would work out and this like goal setting of when it would work out that yeah. really pr- proved to be a difference maker for those people. And I read that article early on in COVID and still fell victim to it. Like, right, we had totally. A, we had a, a vacation planned to Costa Rica, and I'm like, "Oh, we'll we'll be good by then." Yeah, no, not even close, you know. Totally. And then uh, we'll be good by Thanksgiving, and we'll all get together as a family. No, and then Christmas was like, "No, 
you know, and, uh, and <laughs> I'm laughing because we had, we had that series of like, it was like progressive disappointments. My daughter graduated from, yes. from uh, high school and it was like, they'll have prom. Yeah. No, they're not having prom. They'll have graduation. No, they're not having graduation. Well, they're certainly going to have freshman orientation in person. No, they're not having that either. Yeah. You know, what about Christmas? We had a 25th anniversary this summer and we were going to go to France. That got canceled. We delayed it by a year. I, I'm wondering if it's going to even happen this next year. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. Our trip to Costa Rica got pushed back. You know, we had to reschedule it um, for June of this year. And it's like, I, I'm pretty confident it'll happen. But boy, who who knows? At this point, it's like, yeah, who knows? You know, on the other, on the flip side of that, there, I remember there was a time this year where, um, you know, I just embraced the reality of like, we have to really figure out virtual and yeah. it was, you know, you know, to, to that analogy, it was just, it, you know, like, I don't want this to be the thing we always do forever, but there was a time where I bought professional lights yeah, and I bought a stand, you know, in my office and I put up a whiteboard yeah. And I, I got a standing very desk, you know, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to reorientate my office around the reality that my office is now more of a studio than it is, you know, a traditional office where I would do my work between offsites. Like, no, this is now the place where I do offsites. And so that's been, that's been a good change, a good, you know, just like, let's just embrace this is a long haul deal. Yeah. And I think that I think that's another point in itself is that businesses have had to reinvent themselves for the most part. Yeah. And the ones who looked at getting back to normal, they're the ones caught off guard. You know, yeah. the example of like uh, J. Crew or Barney's who like were never really embracing online retailism, if that's a word, you know, like yeah. they never embraced that. And then they were caught off guard. And then by the time they did embrace it, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a client in the restaurant and bar and music venue. industry, oh yeah. And oh, it's just been a, a devastating year, but they've, it's been incredible how they've responded, you know, yeah. through all the variations of outdoor eating, dine out eating to winter in Chicago, you're not going to be doing outdoor eating to, yeah. you know, all right, let's, close them way down and do delivery. Now they're in a spot of looking forward to spring. And while they are closed down, they're launching new restaurant concepts. They're bringing in some new chefs to redo the restaurant. Just like, all right, we're just going to fully embrace the, the, the opportunity this gives us to reset in ways that we hadn't. And they've, yeah. you know, they're doing their best to keep good relationships with the folks they've had to furlough and lay off yeah. while they're closed. And, you know, but it's all about when do we relaunch? But yeah, it just it, embrace the reality of the moment and, and use it to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a client in a similar uh, industry. They are more uh, concerts and conferences um, and festivals. And, uh, and they actually were the ones who started doing the drive-in movie concerts, you know, where you mm. go to a drive-in movie and it's up on the big screen um, and you do it, you know, uh, you get together, but you're in your car or around your car and you're seeing it up here. So you're going to this concert and you're also around other people, but not too close. 
and uh, and they have been killing it with that stuff, you know. Yeah. And again, just having to reinvent themselves, uh, which is which is awesome. One of the things these guys did is they did they did pickup truck concerts where they put a band in the oh. back of a pickup truck and drove around to different parks in Chicago. And on social media, oh they gosh. would announce where they were going to be. Oh, and or they cool. did a rooftop cool. concert where they kind of shut the street down in front of the restaurant, you know, and did a concert from the rooftop and invited the neighborhood. They're all about bringing communities together. That's their purpose, right? right. Is to create communities. So yeah, but you're right. This is an incredible chance for creativity um, if we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I've gone a couple of times. Do you have anything else that's on your list? Yeah. Um, sort of related to what we were just talking about is um, a theme that emerged this year was the need for how, how important it is to have clarity, not necessarily consistency. So, you know, the work we do is answering six critical questions. Yes. Um, you know, why we exist, how we behave, our core values, core purpose, that stuff doesn't change. But but like what we do, how we succeed, what's most important right now, that stuff, you know, during this season, like, let's be honest, some of that stuff, we were making it up as we went along. In fact, we were making it all up as we went along. And I worked with a couple of leaders that had like announced a new thematic goal, a new rally cry. And then something came up where they weren't sure if that was the right rally cry and they were hesitant to re-announce a new one. And I said, just yeah. put it out there. Like it, it'll actually be a more powerful message if you were to come back even a week later and say, hey, I know last week we said X was more important, but here's what's happened and now Y is more important. And so, you know, don't mistake the need to be clear with the need to have a consistent, you know, message. Um, if you need to change what's most important, if you need to change the message, just change it. Tell people why it's changing. If you put somebody in a role and that's not the right role, put them in a new role. Like, like make sure it's clear what we're focused on and what our role is. And that's the most important thing is to be clear. Um, but we can be very agile and we can be very flexible and we can continue to move and evolve and continue making things up and adjusting. Like that's been the theme of the year is the need to switch right. and change. And I think constantly. there the important thing is um, because people are afraid to seem like they're changing their mind or flip-flopping or don't, you know, don't have clarity themselves, you know, that's what they're afraid their employees will think about the leadership team. It's actually more important to make the right decision, even if it's a little counter to what the decision was last week, because things are evolving all the time and you need to be super clear, not only in the direction you're going now, but clear about the messaging as to why you made the change. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had clients that have made major, major pivots to their business. Like, like we were focused on cost cutting and profitability and stabilizing and scaling. And then suddenly it was like, Oh wait, Nope. Time out. We are now focused on, you know, how to ramp up production, how to get bigger. Let's get more people out onto the floor. Let's open up a new, location, you know, because of yeah. the way their business had to pivot. And um, yeah, as long as we're clear, this is what we're focused yeah. on. That's, yeah. that's where we need to be. That's great. You know, I, I think for me, one thing um, that's been really important is, and this is totally personal, but I think this all relates because we're all in COVID, uh, whether a, <laughs> we're a leader or not. And, um, but it's to change 
change your scenery, get out of town, go visit the beach mm. for the weekend, um, go up to the mountains, just change this, the scenery because I think COVID and working virtually has meant we could really get in a rut. And I know you're really good about yeah. like, Hey, if I have a break in my schedule, I'm going for a walk. Um, but I, you know, and I think that's great. Yeah. I also know that y- you and your family went on a vacation over uh, Christmas and got out of, you know, just yep. got out and got to a totally different atmosphere and environment. And uh, I know how great it was for you. Me and my family did the same thing. And it was, it was oh, awesome. Yeah. It was such a great way to relax and recharge, you know, and we probably just need to do that more often. Totally. I mean, we, it was like, hey, we're we're in a bubble. So as long as we're in a bubble, yeah. let's go get an Airbnb <laughs> and be in a yeah. bubble in a different spot. And it was hilarious. My my son, my youngest son was in virtual school. And so he was up incredibly yeah. early every morning. Uh, the rest of us were out doing hikes. Um, I did one client session with my iPad propped up on my suitcase on a bunch of pillows. And, you know, so I didn't have my normal stuff. But it was just so great to get out of, um, you know, out of the normal routine yeah. because we can, you know, we kept the bubble, we stayed safe, yeah. but we got into a different spot. I'm sure Airbnb yeah. is yeah, killing I would it think so. during this time. And BRBO and all those people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this is certainly not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a great list. Um, and so just to recap, um, you know, we talked about, Leaders need to rally the team, double down on meetings and how important those are and over-communicating to their organization. We touched on that last one a lot. Um, You know, teams that did this work prior to COVID or even during found it really valuable, Um, you know, and we realized we could do this work virtually. By the way, a point on that one, it's probably either good to have everybody in a co-located and the consultants are virtual um, to keep that bubble atmosphere or for everybody to be on Zoom. But I think you and I would agree that when you have some people on Zoom and some people in person, that makes it way more challenging. Um, but that the point there being like, hey, we could do this, these offsites virtually. Um, and then, you know, we still need to cascade this work and it's a little bit more challenging when it's virtual, but keep the message succinct and then ask your team to reinforce and over-communicate those messages with their teams. Uh, we talked about performance management conversations still being a priority. Uh, they always were. They, uh, You know, it's still one of the more challenging conversations a, a leader needs to have. But now because of how work is happening virtually, it's probably even harder. And, and we brought up the FOSA model of facts, objectives, support, and action. We talked about like, if you have to go hybrid, maybe you could think of some creative ways to maybe meet in a park uh, or maybe do hybrid work. Uh, and then we talked about the, the need to reinvent your business. That was a big learning for us. I would imagine at this point, a lot of companies have already done that, but are you know still doing it as this goes longer and longer. Uh, and you talked about clarity over consistency. And make sure that that we know what we're doing, what's most important right now. Even if we have to change our mind, it's better to pivot than to keep going down the wrong path. Uh, and make sure your messaging, the the reason for the pivot. 
And lastly, just a personal suggestion was get out of town and change your environment as much as possible. You're doing it daily, going on, on walks in between calls, um, and that's great. And we could also look for weekend trips or just one or two days during the week to get out. And even if, you, if you're working virtually, just get an Airbnb somewhere else and, yeah. and work from there. So that's a pretty good list. That is a pretty good list. <laughs> Maybe the last one is take time periodically to reflect on what you've learned. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, case case of point being, I read that Stockdale uh, article and then fell victim to it. I'm like, oh, I should have taken time to reflect on that some more. But yeah. 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 No, this has been an incredible learning year and, um, you know, bringing an open mind uh, and and chance to reflect. Well, Keith, thanks again for joining. This has been awesome. And uh, hopefully our uh, listeners find it as valuable as I find it. And, uh, and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James, are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.